You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Whether they do have three blocks, yeah, I mean, I remember a couple layups that Bucks would have had, and he protects the rim. You know, does a great job for him. Meshack, I mean, Meshack's definitely in there for his defense. That's why they're playing him. He does a good job. I mean, he's physical with Brandon. He made Brandon's night a lot harder, you know, than it would have been. I mean, you know, they, they, they've got defensive players on that, on that team. I mean, you kind of go down the line. I mean, even... Jordan Phillips is a great defender. Didn't play tonight, but you look at the guys that they're playing. I mean, they kind of tighten their rotation update guys. All eight of those guys really guard on the defensive end. And Meshack, I mean, they talk about Meshack being a stopper. I mean, played over 27 minutes and didn't score a point. So he's obviously in there for his impact on the defensive end. He did a great job tonight. Thanks, Coach. There you have it. Nate Oates in Knoxville last night. Uh, wow. Uh, in many ways, it was a very entertaining but hard-to-watch game. Does that make sense? It, the defense on both ends really was so suffocating. But Tennessee's, wow. I, I'll it, put it more bluntly. Tennessee beat the crap out of Alabama. Physically. Physically. Yes, they did. And here's, here's, here's my initial take on this. Tennessee would have beaten anybody in the country last night. Especially Would you agree? the way that the refs were swallowing their whistles yeah. and blowing their whistles sometimes. But, uh, look, Alabama, it, it wasn't – the refs didn't cause Alabama to turn the ball over seemingly every other position. They ended up with 19 possession. or 20, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty awful. And, and all the times Alabama players setting picks and, and putting their leg out, and you got to call that foul. But, man, Tennessee just out-physicaled Alabama. This is there's but this is like a learning moment. I agree. I think, I'm not throwing the baby out with a bag. Oh no, not at all. Not, not and at you all. aren't either. No, I but uh and in and, and the thing is, you saw this coming, Christian saw this coming, and I was in denial. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> not, yeah, not, um, just, not just a river in Egypt. Well, I don't I am not I'm gonna give <laughs> you some river credit. In my head. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, that's a long and winding river. <laughs> yeah. Uh but uh yeah, I don't think you just said Tennessee, Alabama was going to come out there and shoot their lights out. I think you were aware that this could happen, so I'm going to give you a little credit on that end. But it is a really good thing in some ways because Bama needed this. Uh, they needed to know that they're what, – what do they have? Eight, nine players that can hit double digits any game? Yeah. They need to know that there's people capable of stopping that. Yep. And Nate Oates needs – and by the way, Rick Barnes outcoached him. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but that, but, that was but like uh, Oates needed to see that and and learn that and under. I, I understand. agree, it, it, but it was like foot uh, a football game broke out during a basketball game. It was was it kind of? <laughs> Sorry, that was my mic. No, I thought this oh. one just lost control <laughs> over here and was going to attack me. Um, but uh, hey, Alabama will probably finish the season. Without another loss in the SEC, I hope I have most likely. Yeah, I would pick them to win the SEC tournament, 
and they'll end up being a number one seed. But it was a great test and a great learning experience for Alabama. And I, I'll tell you one thing that surprised me right off the tip, literally, Betty Ako played. Yeah. So what I thought was reported earlier in the week, an injury that might take him out two or three or four games, he was playing. He didn't. Another thing, just a little minor criticism of Betty Ako, when he gets the ball in the post, don't put the ball on, on the, the floor. floor. They're going to strip it from you every single time. And it happened over and over again. Uh, just go straight up. I mean, I, but that's it, it's like you see every big man have to deal with that because the the instinct is to, to put the rock on the floor once and then go up rather than just turn, keep the ball above the head and above your head and just go straight up to the rim. And also, why why can't Alabama get the ball in bounds when the ball is underneath on, on the baseline? I, th- I think the answer to all your questions is volunteers. <laughs> I mean, that's how good well, they are. Well, if you got a six foot one dude throwing the ball in and he's being guarded by a seven foot guy, uh, it's simple mathematics. And I'm surprised there wasn't adjustments made there. Again, a learning experience for yeah. for everybody on and, the bench, and, and, whether yeah, they're wearing a great and, and, sport and, and, and coat. Look, I, I, I love this team. I love this Alabama team. Uh, but this is just me. I, I watch this game very closely. And uh, Alabama's not the same when they play on the road in a very hostile environment. We saw that in Norman, Oklahoma. We saw that last night. The good thing is, is the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, they hopefully they won't be in somebody's backyard. Uh, hopefully. They be here. Well, let's hope. Yeah, yeah let's hope uh, the first round, uh, uh, the first two rounds, that they're in Birmingham. Uh, they may not be able to get the top overall seed now, but they may be able to get the top seed in the southeast. And then you would then hope that the committee for the first two rounds would send them to Birmingham where they would have an overwhelmingly home court advantage. I hope so. And even if not... Selfishly, I want to go watch them play here in Birmingham. And uh, we've talked about it. We'll talk about it again as the date approaches. But um, if you've never been to an NCAA round one, round two, whatever game, you really owe it to yourself, not just as a sports fan, as a person. It's just a really great atmosphere. And if Alabama's here... Man, that is going to take it up about 10 notches. So, yeah. I, I hope that happens because uh, Alabama uh, is, I think, you know, unless they just totally implode, which I don't see. You know, that the times good. earlier this year that they've had losses, what did they do? They bounced back. They bounced back, and I fully expect no, them they're to just, they're, they're They're too good. They're too talented. They're too deep. Uh, they're too well coached. Uh, but but you're right. Rick Barnes uh, outcoached Nate, Nate Oates last night, and that was uh, really the first time all season I think you can say that that Nate Oates was outcoached. But also just at you know Alabama, just they were just off. They were just off a tick, and it happens. It happens in sports. It happens in football. It happens in golf. And we're going to talk about golf here in a second, but yeah, uh, it, it just it happens in sports, uh, and and you know you and I, Matt, we played sports not at the level that Christian did, but um, you know there are just some days where you feel like uh, you know I'm huge like I'm a huge basketball player, but I'm like 
you know, pick up. I'm, I'm a pickup basketball guy, and there, there are some days uh, on the pickup courts in in New York City where uh, it felt like the the rim was or the basket was like eight feet wide, and just absolutely couldn't miss from 25 feet in. And then there are days where I couldn't hit anything, and it, it's so weird, like how and why that happens. It, it, I guess if if you understood it. Um, <laughs> you would really be able to uh, do well, quite well. If in, you understood in all it, you'd be Seth Curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Man, so, he's and he, so good. And, and he doesn't have, I mean, every, what, 50 games he has an off night? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about throwing it in a swinging thimble. Um, do you remember him in the tournament when he was at Davidson? I do. I do, too. I mean, he just, Wow. I but I, I had no idea. I remember his yeah. dad. Dell. His dad I, I, a little bit. Yeah, um, it's funny. I once did a story on Vince Carter when Vince was playing in Memphis, and Vince had uh, and what a great guy Vince Carter is. But Vince had played with Dell, uh, I think, with the Hornets. And guess who would be running around, little kid, just shooting the ball everywhere? And it was Steph. Steph Curry. And okay. he played, him and Vince would play games of, like, horse. And this little kid, Steph, would beat Vince. I mean, and, and when Steph came into the NBA, I, I thought he was just going to be too small. But instead, he revolutionized the game. Because now you got You're you right. go out to a park... You can see kids launching balls from 30 feet. Listen, and, I've done a few uh, high school games here over the last few weeks. I've told you uh, yeah. about and are, that. Are, and you, are, are you seeing that? Threes. Are yes. you seeing that? Yes, yes, yes. Are you seeing fast breaks where kids will pull up and try to hit the yes. three rather than it's a and, three and on one? They're, they're 15. R- rather than, they're, rather yeah. than it's a three on one and you got an easy two. Hey, if you're open, and this is Oates coaching theory, too. If you're open, take it. And if you don't, you're going to end up on the bench. And that's pretty much what he does. Yeah. He does not believe in 17-foot jumpers. Yeah. Um, And it is pretty cool because everybody on the floor, with the exception of of Betty Ako, and he can hit one every now and then, um, can absolutely launch it and make it. It was interesting. Uh, We don't talk about this show very much because I'm not a huge fan of it, but... uh, uh, first take on ESPN. They had uh, JJ Redick on yesterday, uh, talking with uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, and I, I love the dog. Yeah, you know? you used, you used to listen to him all the time. I, I used to cool. listen to him in New York, and he's a really good guy. But but JJ Redick knows his basketball, and JJ Redick, um, he was one of the great shooters, I think, in college basketball history. But he had all the skills, too. Yeah, know? I mean, J.J. But you're right. But, 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 but Russo was trying to make the point that Larry Bird was one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Uh, and you can't say that. And then it, to back that up, he's like, well, did you see what he did in the three-point contest? Well, that's not real. That's not real basketball. Um, um, you don't but, consider but he was, him a great three-point shooter? He wasn't, and this is what what uh, Reddick was saying is that he wasn't a volume three point shooter because the three point shot was not as important when Bird was playing that in the eighties as it is today. Uh, and, and and I mean Bird was, uh, I think, one of the greatest shooters of all time, but 
he just uh, I, I mean we can look up the stats here in a second, but uh, I I don't think you can call him one of the greatest three point shooters of all time. We need and to... I love Larry Bird. Larry Bird might be my all time favorite. Larry Bird might be my all time favorite basketball well, player. He would be way up there, but uh, the best ever. No, I mean what? Where would you put Curry? Would be first, number one. Reggie Miller might be second. Yeah, I mean. Um, but Bird had other parts of his game. He wasn't just a three-ball guy. Oh, but believe I mean to be the, his look, his Bird, stature to to dribble drive like he did was just like Bird. Played, really, he can do. Bird that? played basketball unlike any other player I've ever seen. You know, except you learn where he grew up. You learn him shooting French in the backyard. Lick. Yes, yeah. shooting in the backyard on a grass. I've court. driven by his house, his house where he grew up. Yeah. I didn't know you you had done the story on Vince Carter. Yeah. I'm a big Vince Carter fan. I want to dive into that later, but we got to yeah. get the break because we're going to take a little detour, no pun intended. Let's talk a little Daytona. We're going to go live to Daytona when we get back, and we will talk to Donnie Allison, one of the, uh, the, the best guys to ever get behind the wheel, member of the Alabama gang. He is in. Uh, he's in Daytona right now. We're going to hook up with him. On the and also, that's a one yeah. other thing, Matt. Uh, throughout the show, we are going to be giving weather updates, so uh, we'll we'll do that as well. With that, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let's look at it right now. We'll give you an update when we come back. Big news for from T Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less? Arch hail, damaging wind, possibly a few tornadoes. The high today, 76, turning colder late tonight, the low at 41. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Wow, what a moment. Maybe the greatest and most significant moment in the history of NASCAR. And y'all know the story. CBS decided they were going to take a gamble. We're going to broadcast the Daytona 500 live. And what happens? Kale gets into Donnie and all hell breaks loose. Donnie Allison joins us now on Big Noon Sports. Donnie, it's Matt. My partners are Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. How are you, sir? How's Daytona? I'm doing good. I'm in real. Hey, it's beautiful. Hey, the weather's so good. We just talked to them at home a while ago, and they said it was cold and nasty. I said it was nice down here. I'm believe it or not, Matt. I'm I'm about 55 miles from Daytona at my sister's house in Fort White, and that's what I was telling the guy a minute ago. I'm on Verizon, and so hopefully I don't lose y'all. 
Donnie, I have to address what we just played on Big Noon Sports. I heard what it. do you remember <laughs> about that? I know. Well, you lived it. You didn't just hear it. Um, what What do you remember about that? Uh, uh, and I'm sure you remember a lot, many details, but just a, a couple of highlights here for our Big Noon Sports listeners. Well, the biggest thing was is, uh, you know, five laps to go, uh, I matched the radio button and I told Hoss, because Hoss was jabbering it all the time, you know. I mean, he, he was constantly doing something on the radio. I, I said, don't talk to me. I know where I'm at, and I think I know what's going to happen. And I said, just do not talk to me. And so then we got down to the, to the white flag, and, Matt, I never looked at people in the mirror at Daytona Beach in the corners. I, I never looked up. And, but for some reason or another, when we got into turn one, I looked up in the mirror, and about the middle of the corner, I saw Kale starting to go down. And I said, nobody, you got all the room you want outside, but you're not going underneath me. <laughs> and uh, he ran into the back on the car first before we ever hit side by side. And I lifted a little bit when it, that's when we hit side to side and, and then it was crash everybody for their own. You know, uh, you have, you had such a successful career. You won at Daytona beach. You won at Talladega. You won at Charlotte. You won at Bristol. You won in Atlanta. Uh, in uh, I believe ten career cup victories, yet you're remembered for a race that you didn't finish. Uh, mm-hmm. When you when you look back, are are you uh, okay with that being your legacy? Well, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I ran some pretty damn good races besides that time, and and really and truthfully, Matt. You know, I should have won the Daytona 500 at least three times for sure. Uh, you know, in 74, I, I had a 19-second lead with 12 laps to go and blew the tire off the wheel in the right rear, and Petty won that race. And, uh, you know, in 69, I had a lap lead on the field halfway in Banjo's car and broke a push rod and finished third that race in the same lap and helped Leroy win, win the race. Uh, and I was on seven cylinders. Uh, 1970, I was in a car that was a white 27, and I had the fastest car there, and I got wrecked out on a caution flag with Elmo, uh, with Raymond Sot. But I mean, the thing about the Daytona 579 is all the circumstances around it, all the things that happened, and I said for years and years, that's, that can only happen in NASCAR. That can only happen to France. You know, the whole Eastern Seaboard snowed in. The first live telecast race. It rains all night long. The racetrack is a, is a muddy mess. And we ran the damnedest race they ever had. Donnie, what would you say was your favorite part? Uh, about racing, you know, what drew you to it? Well, I, I didn't, when we were talking about that last night, I, I didn't really get into racing. I used to love to roller skate and I used to, I worked with my father 
And I roller skated every Wednesday and Saturday night at Rustic Roller Rink in my in Hialeah, Florida. <laughs> and my brother Eddie, the oldest brother, started working on cars first, and Bobby started driving. I didn't go to the races. I didn't even go out there. And a guy down the street from my mom, where I lived, bought a oh, what they call an amateur car at the time, it was an old forty-four or whatever. And he came down and got me. And he says, "I want you to go to the races with me." And I said, I don't go to the races. I go to roller skating. He said, I want you to come on. I'm going to pay your way in and everything. So I went. And we went out there, and we were parked way back in the swamp at Highland Speedway. And he goes out to practice the first time. And I finally make it up to the edge of the racetrack, and I'm watching him run a couple laps. He comes in. And he says, well, how did I do? I said, hell, I could drive that thing better than that. <laughs> he said, you drive it in the next practice. I said, I don't want to drive it. So anyway, I ended up driving the next practice. When I come in, he said, yeah, you did a lot better than me. He said, you race it. I said, I don't want to race it. And anyway, I ended up driving it the very first night. Out of about 30-something cars, I finished 12th. Well, we go hook this thing up. We take this car home. He pulls around behind my dad and mom's house. My dad did his. Had his work trucks back there. Anyway, he starts unhooking the car, and I said, man, you can't leave that thing here. My dad will have a damn fit. Anyway, he said, I'm going to let you have it. You go, ra- you, you, you go ahead and race it. So that's how I got in the race a minute. Well, then the next week at Highly, I ran eight, which was pretty good. I mean, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and they had, a, they had a special race the next day on Sunday at Medley, and Bobby had won the last two races with the amateur car, and they were going to protest his motor. That was 75 bucks he was looking for. Well, we go to Medley Speedway, and I break an axle key in, 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 in the car I got, so I'm out. Uh, that's in the heat race. So Bobby wins the heat, he wins the, the semi, and he wins the match race, whatever, three races before the feature. And then to come in a Conti race, I'm eligible to run the Conti, but I ain't got no car. So they talked Bobby in to let me drive his race car and the Conti. So I'm out there. I said, hell, he win. I know I can win. Nope, wrong. I drove the thing into the guardrail at Medley was made out of railroad iron, railroad track iron. You didn't move the guardrail, believe me. Well, I hit the guardrail pretty damn hard. Well, they took me to the hospital. When I get back to the shop, Bobby's cutting his car up. And I give him credit. He did ask me if I was all right. And then he said to me, he said, you'll never make no race car driver. I said, we'll see about that. That's exactly how I started. That is every word of how I started. Wow. Here I am. I have known... I've known Donnie and his family for 40 years plus, and Christian Miller, outside linebacker, edge rusher, just got the best answer I've ever heard from any of them. <laughs> Way to go, Christian. I, Donnie, I swear I never knew about the roller skating. I'm going to have to give you a little grief next time I see you. Uh, Donnie, <laughs> hey, we, we're, we're, we're still limited on, on a little bit of a time here, but uh, do talk about this year, Daytona. They're uh, trying to, you know, work out the kinks in the uh, the next gen car. Uh, and I know you are a huge Logano fan. I imagine you're picking him to win on Sunday. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, we were on the way over here. My phone rang. It was Tom Logano, Joey's daddy. <laughs> and I told him, you and Dave told him, I said, yes. I'm not right now, but I'll be back. So I got to call him when I get back. Let me tell you something I'm talking about this year, okay? Do you realize last night they qualified them boys? They never had a lap practice. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. House. That's crazy. House. No, it's not crazy. It's stupid. Okay. The first car out couldn't make it. Had to be pushed in or pushed off. You know, I, if if I was driving, if I could get the boys to do it now, I'd tell them just stop. Just let, tell NASCAR to qualify the damn car. <laughs> Go out on a racetrack in a new car that you not, and, and it might be a car that run last year, year before, whatever, but it was still a brand new car with no practice and hold it wide open the first lap. Crazy. Donnie, I uh, have to ask you, um, your family has endured so much uh, in the sport of NASCAR. Uh, it's just been, it's been tragedy after tragedy. Uh, I won't go into all the details. Every the, the NASCAR fans out there know them. Do you, if you could do it all over again, would you go back and pursue a career in racing? I'm sure I probably would have. Uh, you know, I, I had ideas about careers and things changed. You know, I, I dove off a diving board. I won the Florida AU Championship in 1954. Um, I could dive pretty damn good as a kid, especially with not really having any full-time coach. Um, I broke my leg real bad when I was 16. That ended my diving. Um, I wanted to be a jockey. I exercised a few racehorses. I was a little bitty thing. I broke my leg in March of 56. I went in the hospital at 106 pounds and came out at 126 pounds. I stayed in the hospital 13 and a half weeks. Mm. And that ended that. And... Then it was to work for my father. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I just roller skated. That was my pastime. I, every, everything I did was around roller skating. Uh, my good friends, all of us skated. Uh, I didn't go to the races. I didn't go to the beach. I didn't do none of that. And I just, I can't I sit here and tell you or the people that if I went back, I'd do anything different. I don't know. I, I, I just I can't answer that question. Now, Donnie, I'm a big car guy myself. Now, I, I'm no no professional racer by any means, but I do enjoy cars. So I got to ask you before you go, what's your favorite car? I guess it would have to be my 61 Chevrolet. I bought a 61 Chevrolet Bel Air uh Standard shift, 348, 32s, and 61. Uh, I was dating my wife, Pat, at the time, and she didn't know how to drive it, and I let her take it to school. She went to Miami Senior High School at that time. And why I ever did let her take it to school, I don't have an idea, but she hung it up <laughs> in gears, and we had to send somebody to get her straightened out. But that probably was... 
it was my first new car ever, and it was a fine automobile. But what are you let driving me tell you right, right now? now? Let me tell you, a 2014 Honda Pilot. That's what I thought. <laughs> I saw it's it got in the media It's Last. got 362,000 miles on it right now. And like I told Dave King of King Honda in, in, in Auburn, Alabama, the other week when I was down there, it's the best car I ever owned. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Honda owes us a lot of money. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, Donnie, I, you know this. I could, we could go on for a long, long time, but we'll let you go because I know they're keeping you busy down in Daytona. But we'll catch up uh, coming up on Talladega, all right? It's been a real pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. All right, my pleasure, too. Y'all be good. We will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, since Kristen was able to unearth all of the stuff that I never was with Donnie, I will throw this at you. Donnie decided he was going to race the Indianapolis 500. All right? Finished fourth, rookie of the year. I mean, not easy to do from going to no, NASCAR no, no, to it IndyCar. Isn't. Now his challenge, I'm going to get him to roller skate around Talladega. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll get back. <laughs> Hey, you know, he's I 83, know, but he's I had no idea. I've interviewed him dozens of times, and I had no idea that he was a roller skating king. And so. a diver. <laughs> I never knew that <laughs> either. Good job, Christian Miller, yeah. extracting that information. Hey, you want to talk some Genesis, some Tiger coming up? Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do that. What, what time do they tee off? 2 o'clock, I believe, our right. time, right after uh, the show. we got to switch it over. All right, you're listening to Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The all-new Nissan Aria is a fully loaded EV. It's brimming with style Mm. and power. Up to 389 horses of it. Innovation and intelligence. E-Force all-wheel drive. Golf is in full swing, yes, pun intended. Had a couple of big tournaments already. Uh, this is the week of the Genesis, with, if you'll remember two years ago. Um, this was the event Tiger Woods was going back to in a Genesis vehicle, uh, where he had the horrible wreck that almost took his life, almost took his leg. But there he is, teeing off in about an hour with uh, JT and Rory. Boy, that was a that was a slick marketing move, wasn't it? They were going to have thousands and thousands of people anyway. But right now, uh, they're making the turn. Most of them are. Matt Kuchar is your leader at minus five. Christian, we have rarely, if ever, talked golf. Are you a golf guy? Yeah, I am, Matt. Uh, you know, growing up, my dad always played golf. It was one of his favorite hobbies. Uh, he played in a lot of, you know, pro-ams and celebrity golf tournaments so i've spent a lot of time on a golf course and uh, i've grown to love it myself uh, i like keeping up with it uh probably don't keep up with it uh like like i do with football but um i, I do like keeping up with it if i had to name a favorite golfer i'd probably pick two or well i got to go three let's say tiger woods 
Dustin Johnson, you know, he's a Carolina guy. He's from my hometown. And then uh, got to go with my guy, Harold Varner, too. Uh, he's a, a Charlotte guy. He's from Gastonia. Um, I've gotten to know him. Really great guy. Uh, great golfer. So, yeah, man, I, I love I love golf. My dad's great friends with Jim Furyk as well. I've, I've been to his event down in uh, Ponte Vedra, stayed with him, got to know him as well. So if I could go back, man, I might have I picked up golf earlier and tried to go pro in that. Those guys uh, it's definitely, you know, takes a lot of hours, but it's probably, probably not the worst job in the world. No, yeah, boy, I mean, it does I've, take a lot of work, <laughs> yeah, a, lot of, I, a lot of practice. I, I, I've said many times that, that my goal is to have my son Lincoln earn a full-ride golf scholarship to Vandy. <laughs> that's, that's the, the top dream. top program in the nation right now. <laughs> the so top program good, in the good, nation, good, good. the Harvard of the South, uh, it, it's, uh, and we're working on it. He uh, got, a, got him a set of clubs, and he's got a natural swing, and... Uh, take him out to Highlands, and uh, Mr. Paul, who's the coach out there, just um, has been working with him. And they ha- you have to start early at golf. You seen the video of Tiger Woods on the Carson show when he yeah. was like three? Was it even Carson or was it like Ed Sullivan? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was Carson. No, it, wa- it was. Was it, it Carson? Was, it was a Tonight Show. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, 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 missed the, he missed putt, the putt, and, and then he, he, yeah. he puts it closer and, and drains the yeah. putt. But, yeah, um, I'm sure you guys just mentioned this, that uh, Tiger, Justin, Thomas, and Roy McElroy are teeing off at, at 12.04 Pacific time, and that's uh, 2.04 our time today. And, guys, these are my three favorite golfers in the world. And I just uh, I, I'm so excited to be able to uh, watch this. Uh, normally, I would be in Tuscaloosa teaching, but classes as of 12:30 at Alabama were canceled because of the threat of severe weather. And um, yeah, let's just stay with that for for one second. And it, it's really the entire state of Alabama could see severe weather today including the potential for strong tornadoes, hail, and wind gusts up to 70 miles an hour. Uh, Jim uh, Stefkovich, who's the uh, meteorologist with the Alabama Emergency Management Association, said there could be a number of supercell, uh, supercells developing ahead of a broken line of storms and um and and that uh there again could be damaging straight line winds tornadoes large hail isolated flash flooding um and birmingham and tuscaloosa are in the enhanced risk area enhanced risk area uh and that means that ef2 plus long track tornadoes and baseball size hail and straight line gusts of 70 miles an hour could occur um, and they'll be weakening uh, later tonight, uh, especially south of I-85 and east of, of, of I-65. Um, but, um, you know, the, 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 the storm should clear, the line of storm should clear the state early Friday morning. Um, but this is, a, this is one of those days where, um, you know, I, I've described it like it's tornado-y outside it just it's, it just feels different i hate to bring up the date and i won't but it feels like yeah it, uh, it feels, we all know what i'm talking about yeah and uh i i'm glad that alabama 
that the University of Alabama canceled classes. I, I got so many uh, texts and emails from my students last night, early this morning, and they're terrified. They're terrified uh, because they they know what uh, they're. I mean, they weren't here on four twenty seven eleven, but they're certainly aware of it. And uh, look, you have to err on the side of caution. You just do. And so that's why we see schools all across the state being let out early. And uh, the last thing you want to be do is uh, last thing you want is to be stuck in a in a building somewhere and, and and not with your family in your safe place. Christian, when you got to Alabama, were you aware of what could happen with tornadoes and uh, have you adjusted? To, none of us adjust to it, but you you prepare, I'm sure, and uh, get go to your safe place because you have to. Yeah, I mean, I was aware. You know, I, we obviously heard of you know the 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 big one that that occurred before I got here, but. Um, you know, I just put everything in God's hands, honestly, and uh, just to, to take proper measurements, uh, um, you know, to be safe and to make sure every, everyone I know around me is, is safe. But um, again, ultimately, I just like putting things in God's hands and, and put my faith in him and just trusting that everything will be fine. You know, Matt, one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen or witnessed is James Spann who is, uh, I think, the, just the best weatherman in the United States, and is our good friend. Yeah. Good His time. house got hit by a freaking tornado it's as he time. was on air. Yep. And uh, remember that he had, he was just like, he was sort of looking at his phone, and he, he looked to a producer while on air saying, hey, can you call and make sure my wife's okay? And and luckily she was, and, and they have built a He's little a storm pod. shelter. Yeah. yeah, but James ended up losing a bunch of trees yeah, uh, on, on his property. Well, um, the structure of his be, house was was uh, intact, thankfully. The first major news story I ever covered: tornadoes in Huntsville, 1973. Maybe it was four. <laughs> Gee, I should remember, shouldn't I? We'll be right back. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Experience a level of performance you've never seen in a tournament bass boat until now. In your new Camus Bass Boat powered by Mercury. From Boatworks in North Hail damaging wind, possibly a few tornadoes. The high today 76, turning colder late tonight, the low at 41. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. There is a picture all over Twitter. Oh, by the way, thank you for dialing us up on your radio or streaming through BigNoonSports.com. Big Noon Sports. What is our Twitter handle? At Big Noon Sports. How did we manage to get all that stuff? Because usually it's taken. Way to go, Lars Anderson. No, it's our social media coordinator. Uh, his name's Christian Miller. Oh, golly. Have you seen our media kit? I feel like sending our media kit to everybody in the world. It's like uh, Christian Miller did this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he just actually improved upon it. And, 
Yeah, and hey, we're open for business. Uh, please contact us uh, at um, yeah at you can you can uh, tweet us at at Big Noon Sports, and um, you can also hit me up at at Lars Anderson seventy one. Um, and uh, we we're we're looking to form partnerships. Uh, we're in the process of uh, of forming some really great ones. And uh, in in the process of, of growing the show, very exciting things are are happening with Big Noon Sports. And um, of course, I'm biased, but I think we have the best sports show in the state of Alabama. Well, our content is unparalleled. And speaking of all that, Christian, I'm I'm not giving you any warning on this, but except that I need new shoes, and so does Lars. I need the old man type shoes that I can walk in that keep me stable, not the ones that are really, really wide, that make you look old. But, um, where, I think can I can I, help. Can, will you take me to our new sponsor's place? Yeah, I think I can help. And uh, they go by the name of the Good Feet Store. Again, you can find them. If you're in Tuscaloosa, they're in Midtown, but you can go online to thegoodfeetstore.com and you can find your nearest location. But, Matt, they have it all. They've got the arch supports. They're custom-made arch supports, and, and there's three different styles. I could talk about these all day because – it's, it's amazing how it works. There's different levels to them, and they basically train your feet. Uh, they correct your arch, and in, in turn, it alleviates and eliminates all types of pain, hip pain, back pain, uh, knee pain, you name it. And uh, they also sell great shoes to pair with these arch supports. And right now, they're giving away a free pair of premium shoes with a qualified purchase, which is a $140 value. So... If, you, if you're in pain, if you want some, some more comfortable shoes, you want some art supports that help alleviate that pain, head over to the Good Feet store in Tuscaloosa. That's Midtown Village. Or you can go on their website to find the nearest location. Again, that's the Good Feet store. But, Matt, Lars, I think we definitely could help you guys out if, you, uh, if you're ever in Tuscaloosa. Or I think there's actually one in Birmingham. Uh, stop on by. Let's try it before you buy. And they'll, they'll get you fitted. They'll show you what their art supports are all about. And I'm sure you'll, you'll leave a very happy customer. And, and you see results in, in as soon as 30 days, guys. It's fast, very fast. Hey, you know where it is? It's over at the Summit, Lars, right over where you used to live. Oh, yeah. It's right down the street from you. So, um, Y'all need to take a trip. We really need to go to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah or come yeah, here. We'll I'm looking at the website right now. Yeah. Yeah. They have those uh, Tuscaloosa. cool looking sneaker slash everyday type shoe. They ha- yeah, the uh, gray ones I got. They carry I got the Brooks. Right here. They gave me a pair uh, with my uh, with my art supports, and uh, man, I love them. I used to do a lot of running, um, so I, I enjoyed you know a good running shoe. Those Brooks are great, but they're great for just walking around too. I even uh, work out in them as well, so definitely give them a shot. Well, I will be in uh, Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Uh, the uh, uh, speaking to high school students from all around the uh, state. They're going to be on campus. Uh, it's called the ASPA, and I'm going to be um, talking to them about uh, possible careers in radio and podcasting. And then uh, in another session, I'll be talking about uh sports writing and just writing in general um writing tips and and just you know what wh- wh- how, how do you break into the the profession and uh so i will be there tomorrow in studio with you christian uh after i i i, I talk uh, to the to the kids um at the student center at alabama so maybe you and i can can head over to the store right after the show yeah, we, sounds we, good to me. We definitely uh-huh. can. 
I don't. I, I know we got to go before the next hour, but real quick, did y'all see uh, Alabama just picked up a, a new walk-on? He's 26 years old, yeah. but he's a former uh, Marine Corps member. Spent six years in the Marines, and now he's uh, it's, living out his dream at Alabama. So I, I just thought that was awesome. But I was like, dang, if he's 26, I'm 26. It's a maybe great I can, story. Maybe I can go uh, suit up with him. <laughs> If you had any eligibility, well, I yeah. promise you they would I, welcome the you with open is, arms. Christian, I mean, we've said you got the body of a tight end. You know, just, yeah, just, maybe uh, I'd make the, another uh, run at a uh, tight end this time. i do it all over. And <laughs> that's right. Go on the other side of the football. <laughs> and uh, I also saw that uh, Alabama just signed uh, Ken Wisenhunt, former head coach in the NFL, as, yeah. uh, as a great an analyst. And Oh, great addition. I mean, really. That guy is such a good coach. I I got to know Ken a little bit, uh, I think, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. And great guy. I wrote everything down except his uh, name. Uh, He's a Marine, six years, from Dothan, walk-on, tight end. He went and played for the Rams at Colorado State, and then he... He's 6'5", 250, and uh, then he said, I want to play Alabama. Who is it again? Kobe McNeil. Way to go, Kobe. Kobe McNeil. All righty. Back with another hour. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Back on Big Noon Sports, I'm Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. You also have Christian Miller and uh, and your phone calls. Uh, We literally have the last hour of our show today wide open. So it's a perfect opportunity for you to get in on the show. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us what you think about last night's basketball game. Um, are you going to watch the Daytona 500? Uh, are you going to watch the Twins tonight? I always love the Twins. The, the, the qualifying races, they'll be on tonight on Fox Sports 1. So all, all that being Race said, our number. Call them the Twins? The Twin one, it used to be Twin 125s. Uh, yeah, they are, but it's sponsored by Green... Something when vacation. I, when I was uh, Mountain, covering Mountain. when I was covering NASCAR, uh, you know, eighteen weeks out of the year and going to eighteen different tracks a year. Oh my God! Uh, my favorite race, my favorite day was today. Yep. The, the 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 twins are they're the best races of the of the entire year. Uh, just because the guys got nothing to lose and they just go all out on 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 the on the track at Daytona, trying to win that race to to get in the front row and um, I thought I saw that Jimmy Johnson qualified. Uh, yeah, yeah, around uh, eighteen, nineteen, something like that. He was the, one of the last two to get in. Um, I think his car number is 84. It is. They just it, swapped just, the four and the eight. I, you know, I I don't really like that, Matt. It, it, it's like it's time to let it go, Jimmy. But really, it is. He's got everything he ever dreamed of. He is arguably the greatest driver of all time. 
and don't do anything to damage your reputation by hanging around too long and you're just cruising around at the back of the pack. Uh, I don't think he will. He's got a good car underneath. He's got Patty, got a little bit of money, although Richard has the first dime he ever meant, uh, made. Uh, do you ever hear that? That he was really frugal. Do you ever Richard? hear that walking around with the, with the hat and the sunglasses? Yeah, he, uh, he was known for being very frugal. But I anyway. have made this point to you before that I believe firmly that Richard Petty has signed more autographs than any person in the history of the planet. That's because he would. Yeah. He never, ever avoided. And most, it's different now than it was when you and I were really, really covered on an almost race-to-race basis. Uh, they all did that. Even Senior, you know. But, Walk, but, but walking to the car, walking through the garage. But even area, Richard, signs, like signs, you signs. know, forty years after he drove in his last race, he's still signing hundred and fifty autographs a weekend. I think and that's not a great o- point. And not only that, when he signs, it is this glorious yeah. cursive, and that he takes his time to do it. He just doesn't go. I mean, you know, like when I do a book signing, it's just like blah, 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 done. Uh, and but Richard is just like a oh gosh I could go deep here but I won't it's a it's a slow <laughs> like uh, he almost, gets it right he gets it right he hits the sweet spot put it that way oh it's like on baseballs you know do you know where you're supposed to sign on a baseball it makes it more valuable if it's like a no. uh, right between the seams. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. The shortest point between seams right there. That makes sense. All right, Christian. How long does it take you to sign an autograph? Um, Not long. You know, I've I've, uh, gotten pretty good at it, you know, having to do it. You know, actually coming out for the draft, you you usually sign deals with, like, trading card companies. And what happens is they'll pay you you a good bit of money, and then they send you, like, it's, it's basically like a sticker sheet, right? Like these clear stickers. And you sign them, and there's thousands of them. So you might have like 2,500 signatures you have to fill. And uh, wow, yeah, and you have like a, a couple weeks to do it. But still, I mean, uh, you just want to get it done. So I'd just sit there if I'd have like 30 minutes to spare. I'd just sit there and just sign and sign and sign. Um, and then once you finish up, you send it back. But anyway, so yeah, I've gotten used to kind of doing my signature uh, over the years. I think we actually have a caller here. I think Pat from Tuscaloosa um, yep. heard us talking about. Kobe, the 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 former uh, Marine walk-on, and I think he might have a little more info on that. So, Pat, how are you doing today? Thanks for calling in on Big News Sports. Good, good morning, Lawrence. Good morning, uh, or afternoon, I guess. Uh, the, the story is this guy uh, went to Colorado as a defensive end, not tight end. Uh, when I was first reading about it, it had it confused about being tight end, but the guy is extremely athletic. Uh, he was in high school. He was a captain of his basketball team, baseball team, and football team. And most of them, he was captain both his junior and senior years. He's definitely a leader. And being in the Marine Corps, he would be, how do you say, uh, uh, everything would be tightened up. And uh, ship shape, as they say, or something like that. But anyway, uh, Ken's a real good athlete, but but he came from a – a small, um, like you say, private school. So, I mean, these people that won't let their children go play with the big boys to see what they got, I don't know. So I don't know 
talked about how you know fantastic of an athlete he was, but uh, being in the Marine Corps, we know that he's definitely uh, in good shape because he was active Marine just a short while back. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I just think it's a great opportunity for him. You know, I'm, I'm from Columbia, which is home of Fort Jackson, so I, pretty much everybody I grew up with, they didn't go to college. They they joined some type of service. And as a matter of fact, even today, you know, my best friend was in the Marines. I have a handful of friends that were, you know, in all branches. So always grateful and thankful for all the men and women that uh, serve our country. So I just think it's a, a really cool story to have, you know, a former Marine joining the football team here at Alabama and knowing that he can, like you just mentioned, you know, a guy's going to bring discipline and um, yeah. the right it, it, kind of mindset. Yeah. It's like this kid that gave up so much or gave his life for us so we can be able to have these freedoms and stuff, you know. I mean, my hat's off to these guys that go in. I appreciate all their service. But I just wanted to let you know that, oh, uh, he was, uh, was digging in, but, uh, but like you said, he may be athletic enough and, hey, at six foot five, that uh, if he can run a little bit, hey, Mike can help us somewhere, at least help us in practice for darn sure. That's right. All right. right. So, guys, have a great afternoon hey, and uh, good luck on the storm. Okay. Yes, sir. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, a, a, a great call. Um, yeah, so Kobe McNeil, uh, after high school, just to recap here, uh, spent six years in the Marines as a aviation electrician and a crew chief on a, uh, a V-22 Osprey, and this is what he told Colorado State's website. He was deployed in the Middle East and Australia, and he, he told Colorado State's uh, website, quote, I don't think I would have passed college if I had gone to college. So I went into the military, and I got myself in order. I got good order and discipline in my life. I went there and did six years in the military. It was awesome. I loved it. Boy, that sounds like a guy that Nick Saban is going to love. Um, and uh, then he enrolled at Colorado State in January 2022 to pursue a, a business degree. And um, uh, he uh, he said that he wanted to uh, – he, he told the Dothan Eagle – that he wanted to play football for the Colorado State Rams and that he waited near the entrance to Colorado State's football stadium until he found a staff member who gave him a date for tryouts. And he played he played uh, tight end in high school, and he made the team as a walk-on defensive end. And, um, you know, he said it was a, a tough learning curve. Um, you know, going from uh, uh, not playing football in seven years to a position that he had never played before, just getting thrown into a, a, a D1 program. But uh, I think a, a big reason why he is at Alabama is that, uh, um, and, and Christian, you may know uh, tight ends coach Joe Cox, uh, he was at Colorado State from 2016 to 19, and so that's the connection. And it's so cool. I mean, this is going to be just a great story. Like, you know, we, we can't expect him to come in and, and, and you know, make this huge uh, impact, right? You wouldn't think. But uh, then again, you never know. Um, but uh, just what, what, a, what a terrific story. Uh, a, a, uh, a, a, I, I would still say a young man of, of, of great character. Uh, he's seen a lot. He's seen the world. 
and he is just going to enrich uh christian uh i i would I, I would venture to say enrich just the entire uh the 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 locker room uh the environment and you know that he is going to be going a hundred percent a hundred percent of the time yeah no i agree and um there's definitely a great asset to the program he's going to be in good hands too we have a um player development guy uh, that we hired a few years ago um, who was there when I was there, who's also a former Marine, a two-time Purple Heart recipient. Um, his name is Evan Van Nordstrand, a phenomenal guy. Uh, takes his job very seriously. So grateful for the opportunity he has. You know, he, he credits Alabama for really helping him out tremendously. You know, he, he struggled a little bit after, you know, uh, leaving the services. And, uh, again, he, he's going to be heavily involved. So I know – uh, Kobe would be able to lean on Evan, and, and they'll probably have a great relationship. You know, those guys both share uh, that background with the Marine Corps. But, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, a guy like that, he's got great size, has a great stature. I mean, the, Alabama has has him listed as a tight end right now, but he has experience playing defensive end. Um, he, he is a walk-on. But when you have measurables like that, um, I'm sure, number one, he's going to be probably the best scout team guy they have, uh, not only because of his size, but also his mindset. Like you just alluded to, Lars, he's probably – going to work his tail off, you know, it'll be extremely hard worker, be a great uh, leader out there. So and then plus two with his size, I mean, you could probably line him up, you know, as a, as a tight end, a defensive end, anywhere, you know, to kind of give a good look. And who knows, you know, maybe they'll need depth at the tight end position and he'll end up uh, working his way up the depth chart and maybe we'll see him in action on Saturday. So just a really cool story and a great opportunity for a guy who, who truly deserves it. What's the hardest thing uh, do you think uh, for? I know you didn't play tight end, but when yeah, I did come in high school Alabama, for a few games, a couple games in high okay. school. <laughs> okay, that's right. I, that's right. right. That's right. I, I forgot. I forgot. Uh, what's going to be the, just the hardest sort of transition for him on the field? Well, you know, he's going to be expected to do a lot. You know, Alabama's tight ends uh, have big roles. You know, uh, some offenses, you know, they only require their tight ends to just position block. Um, but they, they rely on them in the passing game. And, and Alabama, you, you, you got to block, right? They don't really do the whole position blocking. A lot of tight ends don't like to be physical. They like to just kind of get in position and do just enough. But Alabama, they want physical tight ends that, that basically are like extra tackles when, when they run the football because that's how you, you become dominant up front. So it's going to be required to be physical and dominant at the point of attack when he's blocking, but they're also going to need him to be athletic enough to run routes and catch the football. Hey, I got it right here. Perfect NIL Marines. There you go. There you got it. I feel like I feel like we're going to be talking about this kid a lot, even if he's not playing every Saturday. I need help on the other side of this break. Alabama had a running back in the Bryant era that I think was 24, 25 years old, having served in the Marines. But I've got to have some help from the people listening in Tuscaloosa, Gadsden, Aniston, and right here in Birmingham. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Come join our crew. DCH's Mardi Gras-themed nurse recruitment event has been rescheduled to Thursday, March 9th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Our jail damaging wind, possibly a few tornadoes. The high today, 76, turning colder late tonight, the low at 41. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
back on Big Noon Sports. Talking about Kobe McNeil, who is uh, a walk-on at the age of 26, University of Alabama, former Marine. You're really never a former Marine. Ex-Marine, you're just always a bad, you know what. Once a Marine, always yeah. a Marine. Uh, from Dothan, he's, he's now considered a walk-on uh, as a tight end, having played last year as a defensive end with the Rams of Colorado State. Um, an immediate bulb went off in my head. Now, whether or not it's dimly lit or not, I need some help. When I was actually in school at Alabama, the tide was running the wishbone. They had a couple of guys in the backfield named Tony Nathan and Major Ogilvy. Not bad. But because they ran it, and they ran it so hard, and also ran the score would get rather one-sided, a lot of running backs and fullbacks played in the wishbone. One of them I remember was a guy named Joe Jones. And I swear I think I remember Joe Jones having served in one of the arms of our military and then playing in Alabama. Uh, those of you that are my age and older might remember this. You can straighten me out if you'd like to. Um, but he was well, well, well regarded as a leader, uh, a guy with real toughness. And unfortunately, I think he passed away like last year. But if anybody can fill in a blank or confirm or, or not confirm that, it's just when we started talking about this walk-on tight end, your mind kind of spins, and you start thinking, okay, who was that? Is there a guy that played at Auburn that was also in the military? Or is a guy that was in the military that went on to play football, Lars? So, okay, so he was not a wide receiver, correct? Because there was a Joseph Russell Jones, who is very much still alive, uh, who's age of 60, uh, from Mobile, uh, who played for Bear Bryant, and he lettered from 79 to 83. Okay, that could have been him. There's another one that's a Joe Jones that is referred to as uh, having passed. I, but this guy was from Mobile. Does it say anything about military? Uh no. Okay. I got yeah, one. I, I could be it, totally it's, it's wrong kinda, on this. It's kind of the okay. opposite though. You know who also comes to mind while we're on this topic? Glenn Coffey. You know, he was a running back at Alabama uh I want to say in uh, was it, you know, 07ish area. I think he was all SEC in 2008, but uh, he ended up being drafted by the 49ers in the 3rd round of the 2009 NFL draft. Uh played there one season then ultimately went on to join the United States Army. And, uh, man, I actually got to know Glenn because he came back to work for the program while I was in school. And you talk about a guy being built different. I mean, he was one of the, like, I respected him so much. You know, he was a quiet, humble guy. But, man, after practice, he would go knock the crap out of that heavy bag, like boxing. Like, he would just train in the weight room. <laughs> man, this dude was built like a tank. And he, man, just built different, but then physically, but also mentally, like he just was so smart and he was always in his own lane, man. Like he's just truly a remarkable guy. I mean, I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody like him and I've always respected him for doing that. I mean, he left the NFL to join the military and, um, yeah, I just, I think that was so awesome, but I don't, I don't know if either of you have ever had a chance of meeting Glenn or if you know much about him, but man, if you haven't, you should read up on him. He's a great guy, but it's an awesome story. You you described him perfectly as a guy that just in his own lane, um, because he he was getting playing time with the Forty ers Oh yeah, it's not like he saw anything coming. 
this was just his desire. And if I've got this right, Christian, he was a deep man of faith, too. Yeah. And I think was. that had a lot to do with his lifestyle as well. But yeah, there's one Glenn Coffee. So uh, a, a couple years ago, um, when uh, Chase Goodbread was writing for NFL.com, and he's now at the Tuscaloosa News, and the Tuscaloosa News is, is lucky to have Chase because he's excellent. Chase did a, a, a just sort of a, a list kind of story about the top 11 all-time NFL players from service academies. And uh, this just sort of caught my attention because of the, the, the topic that we have been discussing. And so let me just, uh, just run through this uh, real quick. Um, number 11, uh, and again, this is from Chase Goodbread, uh, again, uh, the uh, uh, writer now for the Tuscaloosa News. And at the time, this is where uh, NFL.com. Number 11, Phil McConkey, wide receiver, Navy. We know who his son is. He's in Athens. He's in Athens, and uh, he, is, he scored some touchdowns, uh, I think, uh, in the national championship game. Uh, but, yeah, I remember Phil McConkey just being like this overachiever. Uh, he served in the Navy for five years after graduation. Uh, Bill Parcells signed him as a 27-year-old rookie and uh made the team and he had a six-year nfl career um played in super bowl 21. he may have been a teammate of your dad actually is that is that possible what years uh christian phil mcconkey so he was with the giants uh well i guess it's only 84 and 84 to 85. so he was a little before he's before my dad by a few years okay your dad uh, pretty much played the 90s, right? Yeah, he was drafted in 91 and then retired uh, yeah. after 99, so yeah. Okay. The Joe Jones you're talking about, as we try and clear this up, I'm getting texts, and by the way, thanks, Brock, good talking <laughs> to you, uh, was the Joey Jones, the wide receiver from Mobile. Why that didn't hit me and smack me right in the head. You remember a little number four that could fly? Probably don't, because you were probably about four. No, was that the same Joey Jones who inspired young Dabo Sweeney to become? I I swear I wrote about him in my book. Um, uh, and uh, and you helped Flash. You, yeah, uh, that's the did, same guy. And he ended up, he's very much like in the fellowship of Christian athletes. Yes, absolutely. That and that um, is what turned Dabo on to. Uh, that's, that's what changed his life around. Put it that way. That's uh, that's the Joey Jones that uh, is beloved by Alabama and that fans. Was, yeah, went and on that, to coach at South Alabama, and that was Dabo. That was there. Dabo's favorite player. Yes, and, yeah. and understandably so. Uh, okay, number 10, uh, according to this list, uh, Chris Red Cagle um, played for the Giants, uh, not with your dad, uh, Christian, uh, 1930 to 32. Oh, man. Um, through Tim all... <laughs> That goes back a ways. Uh, all right, number nine, uh, Glenn Davis, running back Army, 1946 Heisman Trophy winner, Mr. Outside, Mr. Inside. Mr. Inside. Mr. Inside but he was, he was Mr. Outside. Uh, and uh, and and Doc was a first round selection of the Lions. Uh, he had did three years of service in the Army, uh, which delayed his pro debut. 
and um, and then uh, you know just uh, he had a sort of an up and down career in the NFL because he uh, suffered a bunch of different injuries. Um, number eight is someone who I, I still remember, and I believe he's still in the league, and that is um, Alejandro uh, Villanueva. I think I'm saying that right. Yep. Offensive line army played for the Steelers from 2014 to 2020. And I think he's with the Ravens now, 2021. Uh, he, he graduated from West Point in 2010 and, um, and he actually made the position switch from offense. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, it, 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 when he, when he was at, uh, West Point playing for army, he actually made the position switch from offensive line to wide receiver. Don't hear that very often. What? Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't tied in. It yeah, was wide receiver. He started. He started for Army. Uh, yeah, he he uh, actually went overseas tackle. too. I think he actually like was uh, villain If I'm yes. not mistaken, yeah, I think he actually. Yeah, was, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. He just yeah. Graduated so he from there. he <laughs> he had the uh, three tours of duty in yeah. Afghanistan. I played against and him, and he uh, won a pair. Of, he, he, he won a pair of bronze medals. Yeah, you played uh, against him. Yeah, when he was at the Ravens, I played oh. against him. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, twenty-one. Yeah, you probably would have gone actually head to head against him. Uh, yeah, no, I literally went against yeah. him. We did a, a joint practice with them. Yeah, oh. he's a, he's a cool, very big dude. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm just gonna skip ahead a few here. Uh, you guys remember uh, Chad Hennings, defensive tackle, Air Force. Yep. Um. He won the Outland Trophy. Uh, in 1987, um, and that back then there was a the draft was 12 rounds, and he was an 11th round draft pick of the Cowboys. And um, the reason he slipped was because of his pending military service. And he, <laughs> I mean, he's a big dude, and he spent four years in the Air Force as a pilot. Um, and then he had another four years that were uh, waived, which allowed him to, to play in the NFL. He started playing uh, at 27 when he started for the Cowboys. But you know what? Ended up winning three Super Bowls with the Cowboys. Had 27 and a half sacks before retiring for the 2000 season. And uh, he's now a uh, Christian motivational speaker. Wow. What, what a, let me what, let me ask what, you this. What, what a, let me ask you this while we're talking about it, since you know we're talking about the armed services, guys from you know Army and Navy, they 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 technically have a, um, they have to they have to go serve right, and and there's potential that they can't even enter the draft because um, they consider that a breach of agreement to serve as an officer, and I think there's a bill right now that they're trying to pass through Congress that might outlaw them from going and playing directly. So what, I, do, what are y'all's thoughts I on believe, that? I well, believe, I believe, I believe you can get a waiver. Yeah, you, I believe I, you can get a waiver. Usually, you didn't can, Napoleon they, McCallum get yes, a waiver? But they tried. They tried recently. I think a couple months ago to basically overturn that, if I'm not mistaken, because like, there's a, a really good linebacker from Army um, who's a potential first round pick, I believe, and uh, he was almost not going to be able to. I think this Congress uh, we have right now was trying to change that rule, but I think they ended up going back. But I would hate that for those guys because I think they're just uh, like deferring well, their, their deployment or not deployment, but you know their their service till afterwards. Uh, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I might have my information correct here, but I think different branches have different rules. 
the Navy allowed McCollum to go straight. Okay. They also, maybe the best right up there with Roger Staubach, the Navy allowed David Robinson to go straight yes, into the that's NBA. Correct. Okay, let me let me just finish this out really quick. Uh, Ed Sprinkle, who I'm sure most of us have never heard of before, he's a defensive end from Navy. He played for the Chicago Bears from 1944 to 55. He went to four Pro Bowls, and he was known as the meanest man in football. And according to his obituary in the New York Times, in the 1946 NFL Championship game, he sidelined three New York Giants, a quarterback and two running backs, with two broken noses and a shoulder separation. George Hallis loved him so much that he honored Sprinkle by giving him the jersey number seven, which was what Hallis wore as a player. Whoa. And then, of course, the, uh, the the greatest of all time from the service academy, Roger Saubach, quarterback Dallas Cowboys. Do you know Mina Kimes, ESPN I know, reporter? I do know Mina. She's amazing. She's uh, The word is she's likely going to cost Bryce Young millions of dollars. I guess you hadn't heard this yet. Then that's well, a good tease. I, it's no, a good no, tease. No, 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 no. Okay. I'll explain uh, it in I, a minute. I understand. <laughs> this is the Big Noon Sports Network. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MetaShare. Maybe you've heard Switch... Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, bringing the show on a Thursday afternoon. Also keeping uh, more than just an eye, we are uh, watching the weather. Um, my radar, which is really James Spann's radar, which you can all get on ABC 3340, but it shows this line that is uh, kind of headed our direction. But I believe, as it is going now, is going to probably go south of the the immediate Birmingham area. But there are no guarantees with these weather systems. So you keep listening to us because we'll update you. Listen to Span, your favorite weather caster, whatever the case may be, and uh, and keep up because his, uh, I think Lars used this immediate meteorological term, tornado-y. <laughs> yes. We got to get Span to like. use that. It feels yeah. very tornado-y. Is that an app you so, use, Matt? And not making light. What is that you use? What? Is that an app you use that you were just talking about that you keep up with it? What do you use? I'm just curious. Oh, I go to I, I go to ABC thirty three forty interactive radar. Okay. And there's a little bitty James Spann down in the corner pointing at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that picture of him pointing at you is it's worldwide now. Uh it's incredible. All right. Uh first of all, Lars, give me a little background. Is it Mina or Mina? Mina? It's Mina. Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes. Uh, she is a terrific writer for ESPN. And when I was hired by Bleacher Report to write for what they had just launched called BR Mag, um, it was sort of a, a, a dream job for those of us who like long form writing. 
and it was uh hey write like once a month a five thousand word feature of your choosing unlimited travel budget go anywhere in the world and they were trying to recruit mina to come to be our mag and so if i remember correctly i they had me call mina to try to recruit her because her contract was up and uh i had a brief conversation but um she ended up saying at espn which was a uh a, a good move by her obviously but she is the most talented I'd say one of the three most talented sports reporters in the country today, male or female. Have you ever stood I, I, beside I, her? I cannot. Yes, I, I, but I but I can't speak highly enough of Mina. I I, I can't. I mean, she is just uh, brilliant. Well, and, and this story is not very flattering in that regard. But yes. standing next to her, was she significantly shorter, or do you remember? Oh, uh, like five one, five two. Okay. Well, evidently she was wearing four-inch heels and had a picture taken next to Bryce, and people were going, well, she's so short. You know, imagine somebody in this day and age on social media jumping to a conclusion. Is it, does that happen? <laughs> Can anybody read the sarcasm? <laughs> Could you read that sarcasm? Uh, so, uh, so people went crazy. He's not six foot. He's not even close to six foot. Look at him sta- standing next to this reporter. Well, she had on four-inch heels. Uh, he is listed at six feet. What do you think his actual height is, Christian? Um, man, I, I'm not good with these things. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I think he's south of six foot, sure. But I mean, he's not five nine. I mean, he's probably I don't know if I had to guess. At the combine, his real measurement would probably be. Maybe just shy of five eleven, or, or probably around five eleven and some change. If I had to guess, probably more so on yeah. the on the on the the five eleven and some change. But if he was just shy of five eleven, I mean, sure, that wouldn't surprise me. If he's a little over five eleven, that sounds a little more accurate. Does he measure in at six foot? Probably not. I mean, let, let's look at what's Kylie. What was Kyler Murray's uh, combine height? That, that, that's what I'm curious to see because I've Kyler Murray looks small to me. I know he. Did, he has a bigger five ten uh, maybe yeah bigger stature than Bryce in terms of you know he's a little thicker, but height wise Kyler Murray man he is I mean he's not very tall he was five 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 ten and one eight okay so if he's five ten and one eight I, if now that I know that if I had to extrapolate I would say yeah I'd say Bryce would be just shy of five eleven or five I'd say no I'm gonna go five eleven like one eight I think I'm about an inch taller than Kyler Murray I'd say about five eleven some change sorry I know that was a lot I'm just I'm okay. trying to think of it. No, I, I, I think you're probably about right. Um, yeah, and it, go ahead, Matt. I, I, I know, no. I know where you're going. No, 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 it's, no, no. But this, they no, said this, because but this of is the fair. height. That, but uh, this is fair. Is it, what he'll you're, he'll what, be drafted later. Yeah, I don't I, believe well, that for a minute. But so Mina put out a picture of her. Did you go over this already? No. Yeah, a little bit of it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so Mina put out a picture of her and Bryce, and she says she's wearing four-inch heels, and Bryce appears to be about three inches taller than her. And uh, everybody's saying, oh, this is going to cost Bryce Young in the draft because he's barely taller than, than Mina Yeah, Kimes, that would make her. That would make him 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jay, I can Jay, guarantee uh, he's not 5'5". Five, five. 
No, yeah. he's not. <laughs> <laughs> When, when uh, I was doing the show with Jay Barker, uh, Jay liked to get under my skin by calling me itty bitty, uh, and but Mina is itty bitty. She's she's tiny. She's she's very. She's she's shorter. Yeah. And but she she's uh, demure. Is that a word? Is that uh, uh, yeah. petite? Petite. She's petite. petite. Yes, she is oh. petite. Um, but the the thought that this one photo is going to cost Bryce Young anything is utterly ridiculous. Um, I, I think there is, though, a, a, a fair debate, Christian, to be had that, um, <laughs> that look, Bryce, it's not necessarily his height. It, it might be his he, – he's sort of slight of stature. Right, right, and that is, and 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 that is what perhaps could be more troubling. I'm, and I'm just guessing here. You know better than me, so this is a question. That could be more troubling to GMs than the height, because because as you said, Kyler Murray has some has some thickness to him. Um, but you know what? I I never saw Bryce take a big hit other than when he was in the pocket. Like, well, I've seen him take you know, big uh, hits and he got so up. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I've seen him take big hits, but he he got up just fine. I, again, I see both sides of it because again, I, I, I've uh, been fortunate to play at both levels. Right? Yeah. The NFL definitely is. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger. Sure. Um, but here's the thing. If Bryce Young can hold up playing at Alabama and SEC, and I know I'm a little biased, but it. I, I'm just saying I'm biased because technically I am, but realistically I played against other conferences as well, and I will say this: the SEC guys are just bigger, more physical, more like that is it is what it is. If he's held up fine in the SEC, I think he'll be fine. But at the end of the day, it's like Coach Saban says: they're always looking for butts. You want to give them ands, but that's what, when they're drafting you, when they're looking to draft you, they they say, "All right, this guy's great, but," and that's all they're doing with Bryce. They're going to say. He's one of the, probably the best quarterback, but he's 5'11", but he only weighs 190 pounds. How is he going to hold up? So, I mean, it makes sense to a degree if you're looking at, you know, the anatomy of it. Like, okay, yeah, he's a little more at risk for getting injured. But, I mean, Russell Wilson's 5'11". Yeah, he's a little bit thicker, but he's won a Super Bowl. He, he's he's fine. Kyler Murray's 5'10". He plays just fine. Um, I, I understand they do probably want him to add some weight, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just get the guy on the weight program. I had to, I, I had to gain forty pounds when I was at Alabama. I mean, just I, I, I'll tell him what to do. Hello, Jack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll help him out. I'll say this: that look uh, when uh, uh, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, they own the number four pick in the draft. He when he was introducing their new head coach uh, yesterday. I think he let he spilled the beans. Really? <laughs> yes, because here's he said uh, he he basically said this this was the exchange. Um, no one can shy away from the fact that what a quarterback means in this league, and this is Ursay, the owner. No one can uh, shy away from what a quarterback means in this league. How we have to look going forward, where Shane, uh, who's the new head coach, and Chris, who's the GM really dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? There are many things you can do. The Eagles took Jalen Hurts in the second round. And then Chris Ballard, the GM, said, trade back. That will be a Twitter freaking quote. And then Ursay said, yeah, Ballard, he likes his picks. Although, and then Urs, this is the money. 
Except, although the Alabama guy doesn't look too bad, I tell you. The Alabama guy. So, yeah. So he is saying, hey, I want to trade up to get Bryce Young. You sure you want to talk All about right, apparently. <laughs> we'll tell, we'll tell him that guy's guy. not bad. Got another good yeah. one too. I, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that that the Colts are in the market for a young quarterback, and Ursay he he has trouble keeping his mouth shut sometimes. I love the guy, but uh, he clearly likes Bryce Young. All right, here's the question: Will Bryce Young's height be this year's draft story, like Kenny Pickett's hand? Probably. We'll be back in a minute. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. You know better than anyone what really matters to the residents in the Tuscaloosa area. If you see something around town that others need to know about, Large hail, damaging wind, possibly a few tornadoes. The high today, 76, turning colder late tonight, the low at 41. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, wrapping up the show with a, uh, a couple of topics away from the playing field. Um, I know Lars remembers. I'm going to ask Christian, if you do you remember Raquel Welch? Most every guy of my age did. She was just an absolute pin-up bombshell. Uh, she passed away yesterday at the age of 82. I always liked her, not just the way she looked. She just seemed like kind of an interesting, fun uh, classy lady. You remember her? I know you I do. Ours. I And I was always um, kind of scared of her. Like, you didn't want to cross Raquel Wells. Well, that's because you watched that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she beat somebody up? I forget. It was, I don't know if it was Seinfeld or, I forget. Do you know but, what we're talking about, Christian? And it's certainly okay if you don't. Respectfully, I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, you need to Google it because she was very, very, um, uh, let's say, uh, well put together and, and had a unique but very, very pretty face. Okay. Raquel Welch, rest in peace. She was uh, every baby boomer's dream. Just feels like we, we're losing so many celebrities. Oh. You know, we talked okay. about this with Tony Curry uh, the other day um, that uh, there's all these aging rockers who unfortunately are getting to the point where... Like they, David Crosby. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a much lighter note, okay, what is the first... This can include a, a vegetable, a fruit, uh, mustard, mayonnaise. What is the first topping you put on a hamburger? Um, first topping I put on a hamburger, pickles. What about you, Christian? Just the first, very first one, I'd say ketchup. Yeah, but I I load mine up yep. though. 
Oh, I do too. I love all the fixings. But the number one in America is cheese. And I almost give that a pass because I don't eat hamburgers without cheese. Do you? Yeah, I'm not a big cheeseburger guy. Really? Oh, wow. There is something wrong with And you're from Nebraska? <laughs> oh, that's because you don't even eat the bun or the cheese. You just pull it right off the grill no, and start it. but I, I have taught my kids the John Belushi cheeseburger skit from Saturday Night Live. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. God, what a great bit. Uh, the, the second uh, most popular uh, topping in America is what, um, what Christian just said, ketchup. So, build me your hamburger. I put just two things on it. Um, uh, sort of a mountain of pickles and then a reservoir of mustard. No ketchup, no mayonnaise. No ketchup, no mayonnaise. All right, Christian, build me your favorite hamburger. All right, you got uh, cheese, you got ketchup, mustard, onions, lettuce, uh, tomato pickles. Uh, I, like I said, I load mine up, and I like it like those fresh you know, vegetables, you know, like the you know, lettuce and tomato, like freshly cut. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's my, I love old fashioned, uh, you know, cheeseburgers. I like, I like finding them at like a, like an old diner or old restaurant that you don't really know about. And, and you know, they just have like this just fantastic burger. That's just, you know, a, a, a hidden gem as you may. That's my biggest thing. Like, I, I, There's I, a- I did some hunting over in Bulgy and they have like the Bulgy cafe, man, one of the best burgers I've ever had. All right, here's one in Birmingham that a lot of people don't know about. Actually, it's kind of a landmark, so I may be wrong there. Green Valley Drug. It's right there in Hoover. You know where the, uh, you know where Archie's is, the mm-hmm. barbecue place? Yeah. Right across the street, deeper into that plaza. Grilled cheese, top dog, unbelievable, and their burgers are really, really good, too. Man, there was this place in Manhattan I went. Uh, it's like this kind of old school uh, bar. It was on, uh, I think, 3rd Avenue and 82nd Street called J.G. Melons. And they had the best turkey burger you could ever imagine. That just sounds wrong. Do you, do you like turkey bacon? I do. I'll eat it. And I'll eat a turkey burger. But... Uh... Okay, all right, last question for you guys. What, uh, how is the burger, how's the patty cooked? What's the most popular in America? First of all, your guess at what's most popular and then the medium way Medium rare. All right, Christian, how do you want your burger cooked? Uh, medium, medium rare, in between. That's interesting because I'm the same way. But this survey says the majority of Americans want it well done. I was going to say they probably like it. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Not me though. How do you like your steaks? I, I like them. I like it rare to medium rare. I like it medium rare to medium. Same. How about you, Christian? Christian, same. you have ten seconds. It's yeah. same. Me and Matt, we we think like. Yeah. And I want you know, it. I want it to bleed. <laughs> you and your dad and I got to get together and eat meat. That's a, a little goofy. Progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my 